gold at 1800. Russia putting hits on our soldiers. COVID-19, the end of phase one, the start of phase two, a continuation of phase one. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about college students from abroad being asked to leave if university offers online options only because that's what our country needs right now is kicking out the brightest amongst us. We'll talk about Kanye. We'll talk about the Roman Catholic Church. We'll, of course, talk about this gold bull market. We'll talk copper, which is slowly but surely creeping towards that $3 level. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my well-rested, insightful, intelligent, world-famous Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 77 of Bizarro World. We took a week off. How was that week for you, Nick? It was wonderful, Gerardo. I'm wondering when you're going to take a week off. You always have so much energy and are ready to go, but um, you got to take a little bit of time to, as you say, recharge the batteries. And it was good. Spent some time with uh, family and went to the lake for the fourth and got some perspective and did some reflecting and all those things you do. How about you? I am well. I don't plan on taking much time off anytime soon. Uh, You know, Austin and Texas in general has become a COVID hotspot. There's not many places to go to anyhow. So, you know, I I have a beautiful, loving wife that still loves me despite, you know, my hyperness. I have beautiful kids that are healthy and still love me despite, you know, um, everything that comes with me. And so, no, you know, I'm happy. I'm home. And we have a gold bull market, Nick. And you have a pool, and I've been looking because when I look at the weather on my phone, I have Austin as one of the cities. And it's been uh, it's been a steam box, huh? It's been um, my workouts have pivoted from a lot of you know three or four days at the gym and boxing in the garage to you know swimming a couple of times a week and boxing in the garage and and then obviously you know the weights and everything else that goes along with it. But yeah, you have to adapt, and I think that's going to be a, a one of the broader themes in in this discussion today. We'll talk about you know, how adapting relates to this new gold bull market. Um, You and I just had a lengthy half hour conversation about all sorts of things. But, you know, one thing is clear. We have a bull market in the gold space. I think, you know, copper is hovering. Um, That's going to make a lot of people a lot of money. And let's start there. Gold's at right near the $1,800 level. Um, Look, we talked about Magna Gold when it was 25 cents. You and I financed it, helped finance it at 10 cents. We participated in that. Um, it hit a high of 160. It's pulled back to 129. I think it's an absolute bargain in the context of this market and 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 what the company has publicly publicly guided, which is you know they want to have you know up to five million ounces in reserves and they want to they want to produce 200,000 ounces annually. Um, if gold never goes up another dollar, that will be a three, four, five dollar stock shortly. Um, you and I both believe that gold is going much higher. Um, and, and we'll get into the reasons why here in a bit. Everybody's familiar, I'm sure. But at what point, and you just had this conversation, we just had this conversation. At what point do you look at this market and you say, okay, we wrote a check for a company last week for three cents. We haven't even received our shares yet. We got a warrant at five cents in that financing. We helped the company you know, make it across the finish line so it could take a swing at this gold bull market. And, you know, hit a high today of 17 cents. And again, it's likely headed much higher if it's able to hit at one of its two properties that it'll be drilling at this year. And so um, I'd love to hear your take, Nick, on subscriber feedback. And then let's talk about what we see and how we allocate capital in these markets, because not everybody's not everybody's participating yet. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of things to talk about for sure. One, you know, I have those questions my myself as, um, you know, you said we were talking earlier that I'm a generalist and that's true. And I'm also uh, one that wasn't around for the, the last gold bull market uh, to see sort of um, how it played out. I can certainly read about it and I've seen the charts and I know the names and I know people that went through it, but I didn't go through it firsthand. And so uh, those are some of the answers uh, I'm looking for myself in, in navigating uh, what is happening. Uh, subscriber feedback has uh, been great, and I'm sure you'll agree that it's, uh, and I think you even said as much, nice to get you know positive feedback <laughs> after a, a tough bear market in the, in the resource space. And so, um, yeah, I've got people writing in talking about asking when we sell first, you know, um, and what do we base that on? Like a lot of people... And I have trouble with that myself sometimes is that it's, uh, you know, it's irrational and it's not based on, you know, multiples of earnings. This is uh, a fear and greed thing, especially when you get to the amounts of capital pouring into the space that are now uh, pouring in and you've got stocks going up 30, 40, 50 percent in a single uh, trading session. I mean, and I've got subscribers asking me. You know, they want their sell decisions tied to like valuations and metrics. And it's like that stuff sort of out the window to, to some degree. Right. Um, you have to sort of look back um, and 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 see the sort of valuations these companies were getting in the in the previous cycle relative to, you know, the asset base that um, they they had. Um, and, and I guess, you know, that's that's mostly what I'm seeing, I think. Um, people are looking for, um, you know, new names to buy. Um, and hmm. uh, like you said, people aren't um, participating yet because it's like we've talked about crying wolf. We've cried wolf for so long and some of these stocks sat at such depressed levels so long that, um, you know, people stopped believing. People said um, we're full of shit, that this sector is dead, whatever it was. And then, you know, here it is coming back to life and you get bandwagon jumpers, right? And, you know, frankly, that's what makes the, the share prices do what the share prices do. Let's be clear. You, you mentioned something that I think is important, metrics. Um, there are a lot of companies that now have market caps in the three and $400 million range um, justifiably or unjustifiably so without pointing fingers or calling out names, but that don't yet have a resource um, that clearly have uh, discoveries of merit and significance. Um, and at, at, at that point, at that point, if you're buying a three or four or $5 company with a market cap of three, four, five, $600 million without a resource, without metallurgical results, without clear guidance. Be clear that you're speculating and also be clear that in this gold bull market, you may still do very well with those names, but there are some names out there. And this is where being in the space for over a decade helps and having the network that we have helps. There are names out there that have not participated in the run-up and that presents an incredible opportunity. And, you know, you know, you're in a gold bull market when I no longer want to tell you those names, right? For free in this podcast. Um, you're, you're, now it's time to subscribe to the newsletters. Now it's time to get in. And we said this a month or two ago. We said the time to be positioned was then. 
you know, there's, there's companies, I had a portfolio that was down, you know, 40 or 50%. That all went away in a week or two, you know, you, now, you and, and me both. Exactly. And now we're sitting on, you know, multiple triple digit wins and we're on the way to, to quadruple digit wins. And we have one or two of those, um, already, already booked. And so, now is the time where being a stock picker, being familiar with management teams um, is really going to pay dividends because if you can take a five, six, seven hundred percent win in a more speculative company and pivot that into a company that hasn't yet been recognized because of the fact that it's been around for a while, um, but is sitting on millions of ounces of gold and silver and a mill, um, you're going to beat a lot of the newbies in the space because they're not looking at names that have been around before this current cycle. They're looking at all the new thing. Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're out. Pretty girl walks in. Of course she gets a, a, an extra look if she's new to the club, right? Of course the gentleman that walks in and you've never seen him before and presents well is going to get, you know, extra eyes and extra attention from everybody. But do not dismiss and do not discount a lot of the companies that have proven themselves during a bear market to be good stewards of capital, to be effective explorers, companies that added tons of value that the market still isn't recognizing because it will. It's the way this works, folks. So just ha I, I would say to everybody, you know, when you sell is really ultimately up to you. Everybody's situation is different. Um but there are still a lot of opportunities out in the space. Companies that, yeah, maybe they're up 20 or 30 or 40%. But in the context of the moves that I expect over the next three to five years, 20, 30, 40% won't mean a thing. It won't mean a thing. And, and, and so, you know, it, it's time to invest. And I'm going to talk my book now and talk your book, Nick. It's time to invest in research and guidance from people that have seen the cycles and people that have access to the type of deals that can make you absolutely rich. I, I, I write an editorial for you for Outsider Club um, every week. And last week's editorial really just got into, it's time to invest in research. And you know, again, I'll say it, and, and I said it in the editorial, I'll challenge any private placement service out there to put up real trades with real numbers and real access and real deals and, and, and beat Nick's notebook. Your service is hands down to me, my opinion, and I'm biased. We're friends, we're colleagues, you know, but I, I, I know the results. I've participated in some of those. Um, and it's, 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 it's deal flow that you're gonna struggle to find anywhere else. And if you're an accredited investor, you're gonna do spectacularly well with the kind of access that Mr. Nick Hodge has in Nick's notebook. Um, you know, and I could continue on and I don't want to sound too, too promotional, but this is absolutely the time to get excited. If you didn't believe us two, three, 400% ago, you know, the Magna gold, when we told you at a quarter, what it was going to do. And now it sits here at a dollar 30 after a pullback. I'm telling you, that's going to be a three or five, five, three, four or $5 stock within the next six to 12 months. If this market continues, right. And that's the big if, and we can talk about that in a bit. Um, but everything points to go and the wolf is here. And it's time to really sharpen pencils if people still do that. And 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 if 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 you've just watched the last couple of hundred percent moves, it's time to get in there, everyone. It's time to get in there. If not, you're listening to this podcast for for the social commentary, and we can definitely get into that. As you know, the Roman Catholic Church is getting 1.4 billion dollars to help bail out the rape of kids, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, 
So that's that's my answer on that. We have a gold bull market. Um, the hardest thing I think for people that haven't seen a market like this is to hold winners. You know, you sit on a company that's been three, four, five cents, and all of a sudden it's fifty cents, or a company that's been seven cents, and all of a sudden it's fifty-five cents, and you think, wow, I just quadrupled, quintupled my money, right? Let me let me press the sell button. If, if, if the company has cash, if the company has the kind of management team you should be allocating capital to, you're really going to hate yourself when it goes to $3, right? And there's a lot of those as well. So um, yeah, it, it, it's time to pay for some guidance, some research, or do the homework yourself. If you have the luxury of, of having the time and digging, you know, call Mr. Nick Hodge, you know, shoot us an email. We're happy to help with that. Um, some of the quality letters in the space, Exploration Insights. I'm a subscriber. Joe Mazumdar and Brent Cook, they they do a phenomenal job over there. I'm not a geologist, so you know I can call geologists, but it's it's great to hear insight on companies from that perspective. Um, and, and and there's others in the space, but th th this is it. The wolf is here. The gold bull market is here, and every week matters right now, right? I mean, things are happening so quickly. Yeah, like I was telling you, I felt like I missed all sorts of stuff while I was out. And uh, I'm glad to be back at it now because, um, like you said, things are, are happening quickly. And, uh, yeah, I've got the a little bit of FOMO, right? There's some names that I wish I owned some more of. And, and we, we, we talked about that for the past, whatever, year now, how you got to be in when it turns. And, and thankfully, for the large part, we were. And hopefully, people listened to us and were as well. And, 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 you know, to, 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 to our credit a bit, you know, we kept writing checks in companies that we believed in. I, you know, I, on my end of it, I didn't do the typical newsletter shuffle where I just sell everything, call it one bad year and, 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 and we're done with it. No, because I believed in the companies that I picked. I believed in the management teams. I believed in the assets. That doesn't mean they're all going to work, but I got a heck of a shot at it. And I think the performance of the portfolio recently is an indication that, you know, we're, we're, we're off to a good start. And this is just the beginning. It's not the first inning anymore, folks. It's, it's the second, but there's a lot of game left. Um, which brings me to silver, you know, gold clearly has, you know, the wind behind its back and it, it's definitely, definitely headed higher. Will it pull back? Who knows? I'm sure it will. Nothing goes straight up. There will be pullbacks, but those are buys at this point. Silver, I'm still not convinced. You know, we're still at 1868. I've said it before until it breaks 2050. I won't be convinced that it's a it's a, it's a real breakout. Um, but there is ways to gain exposure to both. You can have a gold and silver play. Um, copper, copper closed at 286. It traded as high as 291 today. Um, you look at a chart from January, year to date, it looks beautiful. And some of those copper names are starting to run. But again, there's ways to have both copper and gold exposure. And so it's stock picking time. If you're just speculating blindly, you may still do well because we have a lot of gold bull market left. Um, but you may also get hurt if, if, if you don't have clear exit strategies. So that's my word of caution and optimism um, for whatever that's worth, right? It's a free podcast. <laughs> I, I like it. And I had, I've had fun doing diligence this week, just reading about uh, companies and yeah, I'm talking about like mid-tier producers now and how many ounces they're producing a year and what those valuations are and, you know, what percentage of that is silver and, and copper equivalent and all that stuff, because you're exactly right. That's what uh, matters now. And you got to separate them out of it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, 
Copper. How do you feel about copper, Nick? Um, you know, we're seeing, let, 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 let me start by saying Tesla looks like a junior, right? The way it's traded um, and the shorts keep getting their ass kicked left and right. And I only bring Tesla up not to make fun of the shorts because no, I, I, I'm definitely not for anyone losing money, um, but only because they are clearly clearly now having some real competition. There's companies out there. One just secured two and a half billion in private equity. Um, Cadillac just announced they're going to have an all electric model. And so I say all that to say, we are clearly in a market where electric vehicles and, and the phrase that you coined a couple of years back, the electrification of everything is picking up steam despite the lockdowns, despite the economic slump. And we haven't even talked about that yet. Right. Um, and 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 so I think the future for copper looks as bright as it as as it does for gold. And if you can find companies that have both gold and copper exposure at these early stages, I I think you're going to do phenomenally well, phenomenally well. So, um, yeah, don't don't ignore copper, everybody. Just I, I know gold is the bell of the ball right now, but it's 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 there's definitely some money to be made in the copper space as well. Yeah, well, a hundred percent. Uh, Mark Bristow was talking about it not too long ago about how copper was going to be a strategic part of uh, what Barrett was doing. And um, we, we've been talking about it here, whether it's for the electric uh, car revolution or the electrification of everything, as you say, or, um, you know, 5G bringing Internet to rural areas in the third world or the infrastructure bill that we're going to get sometime in the next year. All those things are bullish for copper, even the anti uh microbial or antibacterial nature of it in context of a of a, a global pandemic and doorknobs and things you touch and all that stuff and so um you wouldn't be surprised to to know that i've been looking as i'm sure you have at like gold copper porphyry deals and um like chicana i think you were talking about earlier with the the 6040 the 60 the 6040 split on the on the on the for example you, you know so yeah but that's when it comes into the geology right what's the what's the uh the resource mix what percent copper gold silver what's the uh recovery all that stuff yeah and like you say that's um, the learning curve is is steep, and so uh, turn to people that have uh, gone through it. Let's talk COVID. Let's talk about the economy, and let's talk the stock market. Here we are with over 3 million cases in the U.S., at least 133,291 deaths. Um, for all of you out there that 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 are of the opinion that it's, you know, we just have more cases because we're testing more. Well, of course, we have more cases because we're testing more, but that doesn't explain the increase in hospitalizations, which is up, you know, here in Texas and here in Austin. I'm talking just the last two weeks, we're over 150%. Hospitalizations, these are people that felt bad enough to go to the hospital. So, um, you know, despite that, here we are, record highs in the NASDAQ almost on a daily basis. Um, the Dow's at 26,000. The Roman Catholic Church got $1.4 billion from, you know, PPP money, basically. Kanye West got between 2 and $5 million. Um, what are we doing as a country, Nick? Where, where, where are we? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm surprised anymore, but I could not believe that the Roman Catholic Church, which has, you know, billions in lawsuits pending, is basically getting bailed out by us to go pay their fucking lawsuits 
Um, well, God, that's a loaded question. But, um, you know, one question, one answer would be that it's sort of the curtain is being pulled back on everything. And that's a theme that you and I have talked about. And it's just getting more and more uh, bizarre and uh, Kafka-esque, if you will. Um, and I'm just talking about how, um, you know, everything is becoming, well, we've talked about uh, intense complexity and an intense simplicity. And everything for me right now is like intensely uh, simple because of all the things that are going on. Like, you know, they say we don't have enough money to protect the schools to, to reopen, to make sure all the kids are safe, safe to, for them to go back in the fall. Meanwhile, we're at like a multi-trillion dollar tab on the, the bailouts and the QE and the stimulus. And so um, a lot of stuff just blatantly and obviously does not compute and like doesn't make sense right that sort of like complex feeling when it's like um it should be more intensely simple and in in many respects i think um people are lost things are happening so quickly that um they aren't able to make sense of it um in another respect i think people very much get caught up in um politics and particularly the the partisan nature of it and they're unable to to see past that to true uh good solutions and uh, ideas. And um, I think a lot of people are um, living hand to mouth and, and, and just struggling to get by and so don't have the capacity to, uh, you know, tackle larger issues that, that you and I uh, discuss. And um, I, I don't know, those are some of my thoughts. Uh, you know what I think about the, the fourth turning. Um, it seems like uh, Mr. Trump is eating himself alive. I mean, I try to stay agnostic and, and apolitical, but this guy has um, put repeated shots into his foot over the past couple of weeks. Um, and not that he hadn't done that in the in the in the past couple of years, but it's really, like I say, more poignant, more poignant now. I um, mean, the things he says are just, um, you know, so outlandish in the context of reality that you know, like saying that 99% of the cases are harmless or, you know, putting ingesting bleach or that we should sh slow the testing or whatever it is. Like some of this stuff is just so nonsensical that I think, you know, people like me who try not to like look that direction or sort of like looking at it like a train wreck now, right? I've tried to be agnostic. Um, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I've said it before. I share sympathies with each party, certain core values that neither one adheres to anymore. Um, but, but, but the stupidity and ignorance of this president and the leadership around him, which there is none, it, it's starting to be more consequential. And it riles me up a little bit more because, you know, aside from the race baiting and aside from all the other stuff, um, you know, MIT and Harvard are having to sue the Trump administration in federal court because the Trump administration believes that the best way to develop our society is to strip foreign college students of their visas if the courses they take are entirely online. They would be entirely online only because we were slow to react and have yet to come up with an effective approach to stomping out the COVID-19 spread. And so again, in a country where small business and, and immigrants and, and you know just entrepreneurship 
have 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 contributed so much our policy as a country is to kick the best out you know when he started way back when hey you know mexicans and he was going after you know my people right i'm mexican-american everybody knows the story both my parents born in mexico mom was five months pregnant when she came here i was born in los angeles i get the best of both worlds but when he was calling us rapists and you know drug dealers and all the other stuff and the dog whistling that was just straight up racist that people said well you know this and that and there's a legal way listen there is no legal immigration policy that's effective right now and and some people said well you know that it's it's we just want the best we want hard-working people and 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 so now this flies in the face of people that defended that because now these are the best these are the brightest these are kids at harvard and mit and all sorts of other you know universities institutions of higher learning that contribute incredibly to the fabric of this country. And we and we want to strip them of their visas because of something that we base we we messed up on as a country. It, it it's insane to me. It's insane to me and again it's getting more consequential. Well, not only is it insane Gerardo, but it's um completely and utterly tone deaf uh and I'll put the a link up to some some Pew results that were out this week about how um Americans acceptance of immigration um, on the whole, and they're realizing they're realizing that it's beneficial to the country for the the reasons that you just said is at an all time high, and so like an all time high, and so it just flies in the face of the messaging that's coming from the Trump administration, and it's just absolutely uh, baseless, right? I mean, for no other reason you want to get rid of these people other than they're um, not from this country. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Here's something else so people don't think I'm just beating up on the Trump administration and the right. They're talking about another stimulus package, which, again... Before you even get there, sorry (laughs) to cut you off. No, you you know where I'm going. You mentioned the church and and Kanye, but if you look at the list of the PPP, and I don't have it in front of me, I mean, on both sides, you know, husbands of congresswomen, car dealerships, franchises. I mean, it's a list, a long, long list of people immediately connected. I, I don't know if that's where you were going or, or not, but yeah, both sides for sure. Yeah, no, I was going to point out, you know, the, the 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 fuckery basically of the other side as well. You know, we this this new stimulus bill that they're about to pat to, to to pass and vote on. The only reason we're waiting until the end of the month, and look, it doesn't affect me directly or you directly. We're relatively well off and we're very fortunate to, to, to be so, right? Um, but they're, 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 we have record food bank demand, most in the history of the country. And, and these both parties, this leadership, these people are going to wait until the end of the month. You know why? Because they're on vacation and they don't feel like coming back to work early during what's a depression for most people. In the midst of a pandemic, that's the leadership we have right now on both sides. And that's why the fourth turning is happening. And that's why, despite what you don't see on the news anymore, the protesters are still out there. It's not convenient anymore because it's not violent anymore because the police decided to stand down on escalating incidents that didn't need to be escalated. But you won't see that in the news anymore. There there are still thousands of people all across the country marching. And we have two lazy parties that would rather finish off their vacation than come back and get some work done. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And I've said from the beginning, these protests weren't just about uh, police brutality and and systemic racism. There's a whole lot more going on. And now um, 
well, what I alluded to earlier with people seeing it uh, more and more clearly, um, even if they can't articulate it well, um, certainly feeling it now with um, their $1,200 checks gone and uh, the $600 <laughs> unemployment benefits due to expire. And now, you know, you talk about, you know, copper creeping up or whatever, but in a very real way, inflation is mm. um, hurting people. And uh, I don't know if you heard me talk about it this week or not, but there was a Bloomberg article talking about how this newfound inflation is affecting the have nots more. And that's what of they call them in the, in the Bloomberg article. It's like of course. inflation <laughs> affecting have nots more, right? Because of the changing patterns of COVID and the food prices, the crabs, right? I mean, we I talked about the crabs a month ago, mm-hmm. crying out loud. It's not like it's nothing you couldn't see coming. And um and yeah, and so that's why they're upset. And there's been whatever now, 50 million cumulative jobless uh claims and all that compounding, right? And that's what you that's what you get. Let's talk about Another thing that is disgusting to me, everybody knows that firefighters and military people, like I have the utmost respect um, for, for the sacrifices that, you know, people and their families make. Um, there's a report and now it's been verified and initially, again, failure of leadership. It was denied by President Trump that Russia was paying Taliban fighters bounties for killing U.S. soldiers. They were putting hits on our service people. The administration said it was included in a January briefing that the president didn't read because he doesn't read all of them. So I have a guy that I wake up to almost every day, a president, by the way, and there's 10 to 15 tweets. He's mad at everything, but he doesn't have time to read national security briefings. And now here we are on July the 10th when we're recording this and the general Mark Milley has to get up there, the chairman of the joint Chiefs of staff finally has to get up there and say, we're in the process of discovering whether Russian military intelligence had paid for the attacks. And we're going to get to the bottom of this bounty thing. For all you people out there, again, that just want to politicize everything, politicize a mass, politicize journalists. And then I've been critical of the media because sometimes you have to be critical of the media. But on this one, guess what? As much as I disagree with a lot of the New York Times, they nailed this. And, it's well, dis- and it was corroborated by multiple other papers as well. Multiple other papers and sources, right? And and and, and now here we are months later um, when there's there's a good chance that there's a, quite a bit of dead soldiers and families without their loved ones um, because this was ignored. I haven't seen one tweet from President Trump because that's that's the you know the bully pulpit is is the tweet now right the, the the twitter sphere i haven't seen one tweet that says you know this is worth escalating you know i hear the tough talk about china and the wuhan flu and i hear the tough talk about the dems and sleepy joe and i hear you know it, it, he's like one of these narcissistic fake tough guys this is real be tough on this our service people deserve better Agree, a hundred percent. I I sort of didn't pay as much attention to the story as I, I should have, but I I know the nuts and bolts, and it's um, yeah, one of those things that if he were really interested in uh, doing something and being actionable, 
Um, he would obviously rise to the occasion, but seemingly doesn't have an interest in doing so for whatever reason. I don't know about the whole Russiagate thing. I think there was a lot of hot, air, a lot of hot air there as well. But clearly, the non-response to this and the the I mean the refusal is what it is. The refusal to read the the briefings um, it, and and it's just hypocritical because a lot of things the man does are hypocritical. But you can go back and look at the tweets when he was tweeting about uh, Barack Obama for golfing or not reading a press briefing or whatever it was. There's a tweet for everything, right? And so um, that's what I mean by people are seeing it now. Like, and, and you can see it in the election betting odds, which I should probably talk about for a second, and I can put a link up to. But um, I think Joe Biden's up to like 58%, right? And, 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 and Trump is below 40% election, uh, winning the election in the fall. And the chart has just been like, it looks like a junior gold stock for, for Biden. <laughs> Or, or or Tesla, right? <laughs> yeah. Insane. And again, meanwhile, here in nearby in Houston, ICUs are overwhelmed. COVID-19 patients are waiting in ERs. They're moving the children's ward. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're, they're, they're refusing service to kids because of the amount of people that are coming in with serious issues. Um you know, and I, I, I got I got to listen to this guy tweet and, and, and believe you me, I am no huge Joe Biden fan, but I got it. I got to listen and read tweets about, you know, funny nicknames and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, all just this nonsensical stuff that just I, I, I don't know how we got here as a country. But man, am I excited that we're at at, at a point where, you know, whether he wins or not again, um, we're doing something about it. And, and you're either going to contribute to making it better or you're not. And that's just where we are, right? Yeah, I, th- I don't think I, I think he's he's fading. I think he feels it. Well, let's bring it back to the markets. I know you wanted to talk about Robinhood, and and you know, is 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 this the new E Trade and and fractional shares, and you know how that may play into this gold bull market? Because if stock gold stocks do what I think they're going to do, a lot of these companies that are on the venture exchange or the Toronto exchange are going to be uplisted to NYSE listings. And if you think you're seeing a rush into these names now, wait until- Wait until they're on a major exchange, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so um, I'd love to hear your take on Robin Hood and, 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 and you know, the, the, the consequence of, of, you know, frankly, a lot of new day traders that think you can't lose. Well, that's it. I think it's a, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. You bring up a very good point, which I actually hadn't considered. But, um, you know, this isn't new. The, this Robin Hood thing has been going around for a couple of months now. The app, the app, of course, has been around for a couple of years. But uh, as this market has been completely disconnected from reality with tech stocks at all time highs, you talked about Tesla, Amazon has been on a march higher. These biotech stocks have been uh, going crazy and all the casinos uh, had been shut down and there's no sports gambling. And so uh, all that co- combined has uh, led to this Robin Hood trader phenomenon where, um, like you say, the market keeps going up and the app, um, as we learned this week, encourages risky bets, like sends you push notifications, encourages you to go on market margin and, and, and play with uh, puts and calls, <laughs> which is dangerous for anyone, let alone a, a brand new retail investor. And sadly, we've already seen one young man take his life because he was uh, so much in the red on uh, margin. But that's not really what I wanted to talk about. It's sort of like 
Um, I saw one person make a point this week that it's sort of like E-Trade was in the late 1990s, right? With everybody everybody buying tech stocks. It's just that uh, Robinhood has been supplanted or E-Trade has been supplanted by Robinhood. And I think that makes um, uh, all the sense in the world and, and, and everybody's talking about that. So, uh, but then I got an email this week from Schwab talking about you should try stock slices. It said <laughs> stock it's slices. A, oh, right. Orwell would be so proud. Orwell would be turning over in his grave at a hundred miles an hour. Why don't you put some stock slices? You know, Amazon is so expensive per share, and Alpha, this is like the email I get from Schwab, right? And Google is so expensive per share that you can just buy a stock slice, five or ten dollars at a time, and. You know, if you want to buy 10 at a time, you can just buy 10 slices all at once for 50 bucks and they have a pie chart there. And it's just the logos of the companies. <laughs> it's like no fundamentals. It's like no analysis. It's just like a pie chart. I think a pie chart is extremely slices. ironic, by the way. <laughs> right, for slices, right? And it's like a Google logo and a Tesla logo. And it's like, and so, you know, this is what I was also saying about Bitcoin back in 2017 is how it was. Mm-hmm. Uh different that you could buy fractional shares and that invited a much larger pool of people to play right because you didn't have to pony up three thousand dollars for an entire bitcoin you could buy a fraction of a bitcoin i'm sure you remember me saying this because i definitely had said it a ton of times and now it's what you got i'm starting to see go on um in in the stock market and i'm not saying fractional shares or why the nasdaq is at all-time highs i get there's bigger reasons behind it I believe me, I do. I'm saying it's definitely a symptom um, and it's something they're doing to to lure more people into the market. And this is like some uh, wall of worry, late stage bubble stuff. And yes, what you said is 100% true and I hadn't considered. But yeah, look at like Integra rolling back and going on the NYSE this week. And then for sure, I can totally see it. Sure. And, 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 you know, frankly, it's, it's, I came to that realization because, and and subscribers of junior mining monthly know I made a recommendation of large copper and gold play in the Yukon, uh, company that I know will trade at multiple. I don't know. Nobody knows, but you know, I suspect it will trade at many multiples of today's price. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I confess to, to, to subscribers that I got scooped on that when I sat on the recommendation waiting for a slight pullback and the minute it hit, it happens to have an NYSE listing. The minute it hit that dollar threshold where institutions and funds can get in, they drove the thing up like 45%, yeah. you, you know? And, and that's just the beginning. That was one institution that came in. It won't be the last. And so, you know, when you get companies in here, I'll give you another free name, Midas Gold. When Midas Gold, you know, breaks a dollar and starts running and, you know, if, if they decide that they want to uplist and now we're in a gold bull market and, you know they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot going for them. Companies like that are gonna attract huge institutional inflows, and so you know again you want to go to where the hockey puck is going, as a great Wayne Gretzky used to say, not where it's at. That's how that's how you beat the game, right? You and I had an off-air conversation about you know we could tap out right now and just not do anything else, and we win, right? But yep. man, there's a lot of game to play and, and, and there's a lot of game to play. And, and, and that's how you really, really, you know, do something that's not just good for one lifetime, but good for many. Well, we all got kids, Gerardo. And they need shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something that made my heart smile. Just Lane, and I know I'm butchering her name. She doesn't deserve to, 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 to be named anyhow, but Just Lane Maxwell. Um, 
was finally arrested. And, you know, it made my heart smile because anybody that's familiar with the Jeffrey Epstein case knows, you know, you and I have said this for over a year and a half on this podcast that there's no way we all know, of course not. Um, that, that he did this all on his own. And then, you know, we putting my tinfoil hat on, I don't know if it was a blackmail scheme to rape young girls and, 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 and pimp young girls out to very wealthy and powerful people. Um, and, and, and extort them and blackmail them in exchange for favors. I don't know if that's the case. I know girls were being raped. I know, I know, I know that she was facilitating it. Um, and, and was oftentimes the person that coordinated a lot of these, call them transactions, rapes, assaults. Um, and, and she now knows she's the under network. Arrest. She knows the network. She knows where the bodies are. Um, how long do you give Miss Maxwell? Well, who knows? I mean, Gerardo, and this is sort of goes back to that, you know, Kafka-esque sort of place that we're in. It's like, you know, it's 2020. We're a, a modern Western civilization. If there wasn't shady shit going on and the people were truly in charge, she would be in a cell with a 24-hour live feed that everyone could watch at a common URL. But that won't happen because the people aren't in charge and they increasingly see it. I know that's a bit of an esoteric philosophical answer and not directly about the, the situation you're talking about. But think about that for a second. Like um, if the government worked for us and the justice system worked for us and the law enforcement system worked for us, we would be in charge. And the cops would wear body cameras 24 hours a day and never shut them off. And Ghislaine Maxwell would be in a cell with a camera on her 24 hours a day, not killed by a guard in the middle of the night. Right. Um, but we're not in charge, Gerardo. The people aren't in charge. The people that are fucking those 15 year old girls are the ones in charge. Agreed. Agreed. Well, so much for me feeling good about <laughs> just Lane Maxwell getting arrested. <laughs> I was wonderful to see. I hope she spills the beans. I hope so too. And I hope the, 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 you know, yeah, I, I hope all the Prince Andrews and, and, and those types, I hope they all get, you know, equal reciprocity, um, everything they deserve, no more, no less, just like everyone else, right? 100%. Let's talk about capitalism's response to COVID-19. No screaming on roller coasters. <laughs> it's again, it's a bizarre it's Fucking world, 2020, so. guys. No screaming on roller coasters. Explain this, this one, Nick. Provide some context. I know the story, but good gracious. Well, this is real, right? I mean, we're all trying to figure out how to reopen, and <laughs> how do we do so with social distancing? And, you know, we've seen the mannequins in the restaurants and we've seen all the plexiglass and, um, you know, seen people in crazy getups. But one of the industries is besides airlines and hotels um, that's been drastically affected in concerts because crowds all in one place are, um, you know, theme parks and. Um, apparently in Japan, they're reopening the theme parks, but they are um, urging uh, attendees and patrons to keep their mouths closed on the roller coaster because screaming, <laughs> um, I, I guess, increases the chance of spread. I'm not sure how as you're flying through the air at 50 miles per hour, but nonetheless, um, they are asking you to scream inside your heart while you're on the roller coaster in Japan and not to scream out loud, which is just another one of those uh, bizarre things we get to enjoy this year. And it's why we're at a point in our society as a collective society, Nick, where we just don't believe anything we hear. And unless you have the time and the insight 
to go and do some real research and due diligence, it's natural now. You know, there were, there was a time where we accepted as a society, not me, but as a society, people accepted what they heard from the quote unquote elected leaders, right? In, in their respective fields, whether it was a scientist or a politician or a priest, God forbid, um, pun intended. But there was a time where if, 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 an authority figure said something to you and they were accomplished, quote unquote, you would, you would tend to believe them. And now it's, I think we're at a complete opposite point in our society collectively where it doesn't matter what said, nobody believes anything. And it's shit like this, you know, it's a small, small example, but it's, it's, it's look, it's either safe enough to go to the amusement park or it's not. But right. don't tell me it's safe enough to go as long as I don't scream on the roller coaster. Because <laughs> my human brain won't allow me to entertain both truths because both can't be true. I'm glad yours won't because apparently a lot of people's will. Fucking hey, good gracious. All right, Nick. I know it's um, we could go on forever. You have a positive story. Your positive stories always leave me in a good, happy space to start my weekend. What's your happy story of the week? So I was driving to work yesterday, uh, 6.30 a.m. or whatever it is. I normally come in pretty early and um, the sun was in my eyes. And lo and behold, I caught a deer about to jump out. And in fact, did jump out of the road and I had to slam on my brakes and I didn't hit it, but uh, my work bag went flying into my dash, that whole deal. And um, anyway, so I came to work and my day went on as usual. And then I was reading some news articles towards the end of the day, as I typically do. And I saw one about uh, roadkill. And the article was about how um, this coronavirus lockdown could go down as one of the, um, you know, greatest uh, wildlife conservation efforts ever because <laughs> nobody is driving to work and there are so many less animals being killed. Like, did you know, for example, Gerardo, I had no idea. I learned some fascinating things that uh, every day in the United States, one million animals are killed by a by a car, like 360 million animals a year. Good gracious, um, I did not know right. that. And and a, and a lot of them, well, I don't know about a lot of them. I'd have to revisit the article. I'll put up the link. But a good portion of them are large animals like uh, deer and mountain lions, for example. And so anyway, this article was just saying that obviously um, there's a lot less animals being killed on the road. And that's good for, um, you know, wildlife and, and good for the environment and um, well, if you're a hunter like me, it's it's good in that respect as well because you have a little bit <laughs> uh, bigger bounty, right, in the in the fall. And so I had just, you know, one of those things, one of those things you never think of, but um, that makes total sense. Agreed. What do you see for the second half of the year, Nick? As far as the markets going, I'm talking the overall markets. Um, I know. Well, I think I know that you expect a lot more volatility as I do. Um, I know you watch the VIX as I do every day. Um, what's that telling you recently before we go? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see some of these earnings in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that might give us a sniff. It's tough because everything's so disconnected, you know, Gerardo. And I don't know uh, what these uh, equity buying and bond buying programs are, are going to look like. I can tell you that volatility is still high. It's not like it was in March, but it's certainly at levels that are higher than, you know, we've been used to in the past year or two. 
Um, and clearly the NASDAQ is back at new highs. I think it's telling you something that the, the S&P keeps shying away from making a new high. Um, it's like, I don't want to, Dad. I don't want to, Dad. I don't want to. And, and Jerome was like, but you're going to do it. And so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they could push it over. And, and, and frankly, as I've been writing, it doesn't matter to me because I don't care if the NASDAQ is at all time highs up, you know, 15 percent in the first six months of the year when I'm making 300 percent a week in the current bull market. And so I know that's a non-answer to your question. But, um, yeah, I think volatility in and around the, the levels we're at, at least. I'll say this, the bond market typically does not lie and it foreshadows a lot of things. I wrote an article three years ago during, you know, the bear market, the gold bear market. And I said, you know, the 10 year is going to be the canary in the coal mine, coal mine, just watch it. And there was record demand, foreign demand this week for 10 year treasury bonds. And if you know anything about the treasury market and, and, and the bond market, you know, it's the most liquid market in the world. It's where big money parks and goes for shelter and safety. And the fact that there was record foreign demand tells me there's probably a next shoe to drop when it comes to volatility. Um, and I expect the second half um, to, to be full of fireworks and they're not all going to be pleasant, everybody. So own gold, go pay for some research and guidance if you don't have the time to do it on your own. Um, look at some quality copper gold plays everyone and 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 please be safe and be kind to each other. It's not that hard. Um, that's all I got, Mr. Hodge. Anything else you want to add to that? No, that's it. Um, that's a, a pretty good summation and we're starting to have a bit of fun. I hope people are enjoying it. Well said. I'm Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 77 of Bizarro World. See ya.